sending out an SOS with the police sting in the city over the weekend. You're on 94.1 FM with Barbara and Nicole on Big Life Conversation. And uh, we're lucky enough to be joined today by our first wonderful guest, Connor Sweeney. Welcome to the show, Connor. Thank you, Barbara. It's actually Nicole, Nicole. here. <laughs> Hello, both of you. Barbara here. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Connor. This is your day off today, supposedly. Is that right from um, Harry Potter? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Monday, the only show, the only day we don't have a show. I was going to oh, say wow. it's kind of you to, um, uh, to take some time out to talk to us, and I don't want to strain your voice <laughs> or oh. your energy level. But um, we're very sorry to hear that uh, finally um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is leaving Melbourne in July. Is that right? Yeah. After well, I, I, after opening. Four years ago. Four now, my yes. Wow. We are, we are going to shut in July. Yeah. Do you know, are you going elsewhere in Australia or out of the country? Do you know at this point? Are you at liberty to say? Oh, well, yeah, I can, I can give you a bit of information. Right. There are currently productions of the show happening in London on the West End, right. on Broadway in New York, mm-hmm. in Toronto in Canada, in yeah. Hamburg in Germany. Wow. Um, the show's in German there. And in Tokyo and Japan, they oh, have wow. a production as well. Wow. So what happens to this one here? Will, will, are you taking it anywhere else? Is there anywhere left, else left to go? Well the, well, the thing is, the thing is that when we started, there was a multi-million dollar renovation on the theatre, on the Princess Theatre, yes. to um, house all of the um, oh, Special the effects magic. and things. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, and there's, you know, there's there's carpet and stained glass yes. and um, all this Hogwarts-themed stuff that is... Um, we, well, we, we, we hope that we brought everyone in Australia to see it because uh, just that, that, that fact that it was cost so much to put up sure. means that it won't tour in Australia. Oh, I see. So we were, Melbourne was very lucky to get it. Yes, there was a lot of competition between Melbourne and Sydney yes, to see who could that. get it. Fantastic. And I saw the show, uh, Nicole has yet to see it, hoping to see it soon. And so is our colleague Jacinda, who's unfortunately not with us today. But um, big fans of uh, the films and uh, I've read smatterings of some of the books. Um, But I was going to ask you, um, how long have you been involved with the show yourself? Yeah, I started rehearsing in October 2018. Oh, wow. You were one of the The, veterans. Yeah, the day before my 28th birthday. Oh, well done. (laughs) And I'm 32 now. Wow. It's fantastic and it's still uh, still kicking on. I was going to say, I saw the production a couple of years ago when it was still in like its two-part format. Yep. So we we saw the two nights sort of the two nights, and of course now it's um, been abridged and um, compressed and whatever. But um, have you still found, well, you personally, do you think it still works just as well? I mean, in a shorter version, or is it even better? Do you think? What do you what do you feel about that? It's different. It's it's mm-hmm. different. They just took out all the gaps between the magic and the action. Oh, okay. It, the, it moves a lot faster now. Yes. Um, it, it's your bum's a bit less sore from sitting down for so long <laughs> compared to the two-parter. Fair enough. And, and you don't even use the whole seat. You're on the edge of the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, it's it's a different it's a different show. Um, there's a little more a little more focus on on the Potters, on Harry and his son Albus, and oh, yes. their relationship. And a, as a result, some other things aren't as um, paid close attention to as they were in the two-parter, mm-hmm. but it still mm-hmm. works. Yeah. It's still really exciting and uh, a terrific story and 
Yeah. It was amazing effects. I had a friend who went to see it and um, she did, she'd seen the two part and then she saw it just uh, just in the, the abridged format and, and she said that she enjoyed both. So um, it's certainly worth an, another trip if you've seen the, the two part right by the sound of it, if you, if, you, if you enjoyed it. Yeah, sure. Exactly. And how are you enjoying playing your character? Because you've got, <laughs> you've got a, a fairly decent character with a, a bit of meat on the bones there as well. Um, yeah. Tell me how you've enjoyed playing him. I have uh, my for any bit of explanation. My uh, my role is a swing, oh. and um, a swing is kind of like a reserve player on the bench for a big sports team. So, so you're an I understudy. Know, in effect, uh, in a, in a, yeah, as, as a, yes, and uh, there's a whole like legally and contractually, there are distinctions between understudies and covers and swings. Oh, really? All, I didn't know oh, that. yeah, it's all it's all different stuff. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. I, I I know five different roles. Right. Yes. Um, wow. And and I alternate with uh, the Scorpius role, which is Draco Malfoy's son. Yes. I think that's the one. I reckon that's the one you're talking about. That yes. one does have the most meat. It does. Yes. I imagine that would be lots of fun to play. That's what. That's me just thinking out aloud. But um, <laughs> yeah. Well, who else are you uh, playing or swinging for? Yeah, I play. I play um, a bunch of people in the ensemble. Okay. So there, there is a, a, an ensemble of um, younger characters, students at Hogwarts. Yes. Um, and there is another on, another group of ensemble who play adults. So they're usually professors or. Um, Ministers of Magic, and yes. um, so I, I do. I have a mix of them. And, and have you gotten to play all of them over the time you've been with the company? Have, have I ever? <laughs> <laughs> and do you have and, a favourite role or role? Himself up. Yeah. Uh, well, they've all got. They've, they're all really fun for different reasons. Yes. There's some that are really physically active, but you never see them. They're doing secret, mysterious. Oh yes. Things in the dark mm-hmm. that um, that. Where, where we do all the magic sure. and others are really right up front like playing Scorpius and um, that one Scorpius is a treat because it's just a double act between you and the person who's playing Albus Potter um, Harry's son yes and you just go on this wild adventure that doesn't <laughs> stop for three and a half hours and all that you, tension. Yes, well, I right. love it because it's that nice little light and shade, and it's always very dark. It's the good and, and evil, evil uh, and, and all that sort of Mel stuff. Boys, yes. you know, definitely yeah. in that space. It's so just, it's just terrific fun. Yeah. It is. And have you been a fan of the books and the films yourself? Or yeah, when um, I grew up, I, my first memory of Harry Potter is having the Prisoner of Azkaban read to me while I was sitting cross-legged on the floor in grade three. Oh, really? Oh, that yeah, sounds like by, a good school. <laughs> yeah, by, by my two teachers, Mrs. Mrs. Gaffney and Mrs. Clayton Freer. <laughs> they read it out. They did all of the, they did all the voices. Oh, wow. Uh, like, like everyone who doesn't live in the UK, they mispronounced Hermione. Oh, yes. Uh, it was Hermione, Hermione, was it? Yeah. It was Hermione in my, in, my, in my head for years. And, oh, no. you know, all the, the movies came out and we learned that we were saying the spells wrong and, uh, like, all of this sort of stuff. But, yeah, I read them as they came out as a teenager growing up oh, and fantastic. watched the movies and, yeah, it was, um, oh, yeah, it was just fun and an escape from being a teenager, which is just 
something you need when you're a teenager. Exactly, and even when you're, when you're a bit older. But um, I remember there was a bit of controversy years ago when the books first came out and inevitably you were getting some um, uh, religious extremists sort of saying these books were evil and encouraging uh, interest in the occult. And then my late uncle, um, who was uh, a priest, he was a big fan. And he said, well, you know, it's the oldest story in the in the book, or one of them, about you know the, the struggle between uh, the forces of dark and the uh, darkness and the forces of light. I mean, uh, he yeah. didn't have a problem with it. So I think some people were being a bit, a bit precious and, and missing the point, possibly. Yeah, witch hunts should have been left in the 16th century. Come on. <laughs> Indeed, exactly. Yes. But, uh, yeah, but I think for the rest of us, um, I, well, I know that I spoke to a friend of mine, actually, who um, many years ago about Harry Potter, he was saying, what a great... Uh, great thing it was for a lot of the intellectual, perhaps not so sporty kids, to have a hero like this, um, Harry with his glasses and not being the most physically stronger people, but obviously, you know, great strong character and super smart. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sure that inspired a lot of kids to think, um, yes, I, I, um, I can have my moment of glory too. So, oh yeah, there's someone, there's a character for everyone in there. Yes, that's true. Exactly. Harry's a bit of an everyman, though. He's yeah, like, that's he's right. Brilliant on the Quidditch pitch. <laughs> yes, really intelligent. Exactly. He's just awkward. He's just <laughs> an awkward guy. Yeah, but but good-hearted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, good-hearted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. And I think that, that that's part of the charm of them, and of course, great roles for the for the girls too. It's not just a, a boys' club. So, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So all of that. And what about your own background? How did you get into theatre? Did you, did you come from a, an artistic, creative sort of family, Connor? I came. Oh no, my no, my parents aren't. Um, well. They're not professionally artistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, now my mum has been taking photos every day. Uh, she um, gets up before the sunrise, walks to the beach, and she'll post about ten photos of the sunrise on oh, the beautiful. beach where she's living at the moment. Is she, where is she in and, Queensland? Uh, where is she? She's in Bribey Island, yeah, which is in oh, Queensland. Oh, lovely, yes. Oh, wow. She moved from Hobart a few years ago. Oh, wow. What a and you're in a theatre. Indoors in a theatre in the darkness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Thanks, uh, And, you know, she, like, sang in a choir and stuff. But, no, I, I started out... Um, the first acting class I did, I would have been, like, around eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And my parents uh, and sent me and my, my best friend, Matt out to a clown class. Oh, right. Oh, wow. And I was living in, we were living in Hobart at this time, and so we were doing, um, uh, we did a term of clown classes every, every, every Saturday. How'd you find that? And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, wow. I've gone back to clown. Oh, okay. Clown is like my, it's, um, it's the most, it's, it's, it's the least kind of self-flagellating form of acting, you know, like you hear about <laughs> yeah. people who go method and yes, yes. just, um, it's, intense. it's not fun. <laughs> That's yeah. right, yes. Yeah, but yeah. clown, the point is to to have fun and to share having fun yes. with the audience and exactly. with your partners. And um, But yeah, so I did like, I did, I did, I did the clown classes and then did acting during, during school. And after I left school, I um, did a, a university degree in musical theatre. Oh, yes. In, and then um, started auditioning and starting started trying to get work and um, yeah, I got some work. You yeah, certainly did. And you that's really, wonderful, isn't it? You've been pretty solidly yeah. employed, obviously, with, you, with this show. But um, yeah, other highlights? I mean, obviously, I gather being oh. a part of this show will be a, a major career highlight for you. Do you remember? Do you remember the Dracula's Cabaret? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I worked there for eighteen months. Oh, did you really? Oh. As a, as a performer and a waiter, or <laughs> well, the, there was a, the, quite, there was we all we all um, gathered as a as a as a group 
at the start of the night, but then the hospitality staff would go and they'd serve the meals and, you know, touch the food and prepare the drinks and go into the kitchen. And the acting, the the, the performing company would, um, we would do more hosting duties, like we'd um, show everyone around the building, make sure they didn't get lost, hide in the shadows, jump out and scare them. (laughs) That's not longer there, is it? Drag, it's, I think it's, it's gone now, isn't it? I think it's an adventure no. Chinese now, yeah, restaurant. It, it, yes. Like, co- coincidentally, it's not my fault, but when I announced <laughs> that I was leaving for another gig, that's when they said, uh, yeah, we're shutting for good. Ooh, oh, really? After, <laughs> after decades in Melbourne, that was it. Very like, oh, dear. You obviously must have been sadly missed. I thought they couldn't do it without you. <laughs> oh, well, I was easily replaced. <laughs> but that was, and then that was to go to do um, the workshop and the, the the first kind of um, season of Muriel's Wedding, the musical. Oh, oh yes, yes, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, 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 that's a fantastic production as well. So, yeah, oh, God, it was fun. Lots I was going fun. to say, have you, um, you, you haven't had to uh, turn your hand to other things apart from acting to, to keep body and soul together. You, you've been very fortunate that, that way. Oh, I have, but I have, but the, yeah, the, there's always gaps um, when I'm not, when I'm not um, gigging or Well, after COVID, or during COVID, of course, that would have been a bit of a tough time. Oh, but oh, it was nice because we've got full-time jobs, so we got job keeper. Oh, you did. Oh, you did qualify oh, for that. So you were so yes, the artistic people who, who profited from that. That was fortunate. Oh, we were we were lucky. part of the tiny, 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 tiny percentage of of performers yes, who yes. were entitled. We we actually we met the requi- the ridiculous requirements yes. to um, get some income. But no, like around that, I've been a gymnastics coach. A quiz night host, oh, really? <laughs> a sports incursion facilitator, oh, yes. and a, a birthday party clown. Yes. That was one day only. I like the clowning. It reminds me, we had Slava's uh, snow show. <gasps> um, people come and speak with us um, on the show Christmas like time, oh. and it, what an amazing performance that was. And yeah. the clowning did you see associated that? with that. Yes. Did you see it? yes. Oh, yeah. that was, that was clowning. one of the <laughs> best things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, how it? good are they? So, yeah, uh, really unique and and a really wonderful you know performance and the whole family loved it. But uh, yes, so clowning is very rewarding and very very um, oh, I guess engaging for the audience, but also giving a lot of bit of happiness for those that have been in lockdown for a long time mm. as well. So it was really yeah. lovely to see some more of that. So um, exactly, I can see why you might be drawn to that. <laughs> And Con, I was going to ask you, just in terms of the, the rest of the cast, um, have you had a lot of changes of a lot of people being like you and, and they've actually stayed uh, throughout? Oh, there are. We've almost had a complete changeover of cast. All oh, right. Yep. Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're a Gareth, stayer. <laughs> Gareth, yeah, Gareth, who plays Harry Potter, he's been with the company the whole time. Mm-hmm. George Hanare, who plays Dumbledore, he's been there the whole time. Mm. Um, David Patterson, who plays... Nate, he's been there the whole time. Okay. Um, another swing by the name of Damien, he's been there the whole time. Um, Jessica great. Vickers, who's uh, been, who's played three roles, she's changed just about changed roles every year. Uh, oh, she's, okay. <laughs> she's been with us since the start, since the start, and um, yeah, and me. So Good there's going to be a whole lot of people in June, July going. Ooh, uh, so is there anything else lined up? Yeah, can you tell us? There's going to be a lot of people looking for work. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, there's about 40 of us and... 
Um, You've got a few months, I guess, haven't you? So yeah, we've got a few months to try and sort ourselves out. Yeah, which is fantastic. And I was going to ask you, it's wonderful to have the security, I guess, obviously as a performer, to to know that you've got this gig for such a long time. Um, How do you keep it fresh, as they say, every night? Um, Is it a different audience that help that it sort of uh, gives you a bit of a a lift that way? What do you do? Yeah, it's uh, well for me. It's for me. It's a bit easier because I I swap and change so much. Yes, but it's 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 helpful to. Um, uh, to try to 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 acknowledge that everything that's happening to the character you're playing is happening for the first time, mm. yes. and so you try and you try and pay attention to your scene partner. You try and pay attention to the audience. You pay attention to the words that you have to say. Um, you just yeah. Sounds like being in the moment there, so yes. not sort of thinking yeah, I've that, done this that, before, but exactly. trying to look at it with fresh eyes every time. Mm, in the moment. Yeah, and I mean of the audience that, of course, a lot of whom have not seen it before. So for them, it is a brand new thing. So yeah, yeah and that's a really important thing to remember as well. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and um, what like some people book years in advance to come and see it. Wow. Or they've come from another country or another state. Yes, that's a big deal. Or from from somewhere in regional Victoria. And um, it's helpful to to think about them and to to try and advocate for the the, the person that you're playing that day. Exactly. So, So, But it has um, been a real treat for so many people. And do you know, it has been breaking box office records, hasn't it? I think from what I gather, you've had a massive amount of people through and still more to come, obviously. We're the longest-running show in Australia. Wow. Uh, theater, uh, um, not a musical. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you but there's, so much. But there's, there's the odd bit of singing in it, though, isn't there, and a bit of... Um, oh, um, no. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. No, I got told off for singing the other day. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I said you remember the one or two it's numbers when I saw it. It's not a musical. Not a musical. Unless it's changed. <laughs> there's, there's Imogen Heap's soundtrack the the um the musician Imogen Heap oh yes yes she's yeah. done um the soundtrack but we don't sing yeah no yeah, so it's not it's not competing it's with music, uh, the likes of Mary Poppins yes. and um and other things and Hamilton and no. just, just left and all that sort of stuff no we're, we're no no we're different yeah, yes. you are. <laughs> and I have to say, it, it is well worth it is well worth seeing. And I was going to also ask you before we let you go, um, how do you keep fit? I mean, have you managed to uh, attend or to be part of every performance that you're meant to be? Or have you ever, ever had to have someone fill in for you? Or how's it been? Oh, yes. Actually, at the moment, uh, 10 weeks ago, I, I injured, injured my knee and I haven't been to work for 10 weeks. Oh, my god! So you injured your knee in the show or outside the no, show? No, I didn't do it in the show. I did it outside the show. Oh, dear. Oh, but um, I'm nearly ready to get back into it. No handstands for you. <laughs> oh, handstands oh, are the least of my... Yeah. <laughs> so you must be dying to get back to it then. Oh, I am so dying to get back. <laughs> but um, I'm close. Yes. Good on oh, you. Well, you not you won't be um, doing the uh, the crazy gymnastic or whatever routine you were doing that uh, to damage yourself before no, before it finishes. Up. I was just thinking. I don't know if I want to say break a leg either. Exactly. So that, that's <laughs> tempting fate, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, what about the, the final performances then? So, finishing up in July. Do you have an exact date when the, when the last performance will be? Do you know yet? Yeah. I, I, so, um, I, I'm sitting at my, my desk. I, it's um, I think it's July, July 9th. 
Oh, no. There you go. Okay. Mm. So people have got a few months to get organised, but I guess the seats are filling up fast still as well, aren't they? So Yeah, yeah. don't leave it to too late. No, no. not for the last because, minute. Um, want to see yeah, everyone. Once, it's, once it sells out, you, there's, that's it. Exactly. And, and I know that there are some uh, there are some concessions available, I think, for group concessions, and I think there is a, a ticket lottery in there that um, some people can go in for as well where they, where they get uh, discounted tickets. Do you know much about that, all that sort of stuff? Yes, all of that information you can find that on um, the, on our website. But there are there are concessions for groups, um, and there is the lottery as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and our website, yeah, our website is au dot harry potter the play dot com. Au dot harry potter the play. Yeah, okay. isn't that, isn't that a funny combination? It is. But there you go. <laughs> au first. Yes. So au yeah. dot harry potter the play. Did you say dot something else? Dot com. Dot com. Okay, dot com. Fantastic. So if you want to get along, don't leave it too late. Get booking your tickets now uh, and make sure that you don't miss it out. So um, sadly, leaving us in the middle of the year. So uh, nice one to treat someone else to or birthday or just get along. Or early Christmas present or whatever. (laughs) Just for the heck of it. But we we wish you well for for the rest of the run. Um, thanks so much, Connor. Um, thank you so much. It's been lovely to chat. Yeah, well, thanks for your time and good luck with it all. All the best. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. And that is the changing of the seasons. Two Door Cinema Club on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. You're on Big Life Conversation and it's just hit five o'clock. We had a wonderful conversation with Connor Sweeney from Harry Potter fame. Uh, Get your tickets coming up. The um, end of the show is going to be finishing in July, July 9th. Yes, Harry Potter um, and the Cursed Child. If you haven't seen it, do get along to it. Um, As I said, I saw the... Uh, the the two part um, show, but it's now it's been compressed and abridged to one. So um, yes, no excuses now. <laughs> no, no excuses at all. I know we were really keen to try the two part, but uh, missed out on that, and also couldn't, you know, get the the right days and oh dates yes, trying to juggle and, that and lots of numbers, and it's also <laughs> costly exercise as well. So be. I think mm. um, this is a, a a much tighter production. It'll be. Good yes. to check that out as I well. Think so, so um, really lovely to hear all about that as well. Um, and what's involved? I mean, having a, a full-time role as a theatre actor is just out of this world. For so all how this time. wonderful exactly. for, for all of those performers. Exactly. So, yeah, congratulations to all of them and, and the people behind the scenes too, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is such a magnificent old theatre with all that wonderful history too. I love the Princess Theatre. With its resident ghost, Federici, whatever his name is, yes. (laughs) I know. And we do have Phantom of the Opera coming back, but different Yes, I think that's just been and gone actually. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've been doing very well. series, yes. Yeah, we've been doing very well for for the musical theatre. Anyway, you had some things to tell us too. Oh, look, more of the satirical uh, nature. Um, One which was... um, 
a little bit related to a conversation I had about artificial intelligence last week. Oh, this yes. This is uh, courtesy of The Shovel, however, and, you know, The Shovel likes to do a little bit of satire around our, <laughs> our politicians. Mm. Um, so this is uh, the views of The Shovel and not from <laughs> not the management. views of our <laughs> management here. This is titled, Bob Catter Reveals He's Always Used ChatGPT <laughs> to Write His Speeches. <laughs> the mystery behind Bob Catter's seemingly random construction of English words and phrases have been solved after an independent Queensland MP confirmed he's been using the AI bot for at least the past decade to write his speeches and media statements. It's a very useful tool, but I ain't spending any time on it because in the meantime, every three months, a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in North Queensland, Catter told journalists today. Uh, when asked how he first became aware of the tool, Catter said, we can't shoot pigs in North Queensland. Why haven't the Russians been able to conquer them? The Queenslander said using the AI technology allowed him to focus on more important issues. The thing about chat GPT is that every country on earth is on ethanol and yet I haven't seen or heard a homosexual in my whole life. Um, what I want to know is what are we doing about bananas? In Sweden and Switzerland, <laughs> kids are allowed to take mangoes to school. They see you and they say, that's lunch. I mean, you know, people are entitled to their sexual proclivities, but if there's some other way to get around Brisbane without using a taxi, could you please tell me about it? Catter hit backed at those claiming he could not have used ChatGPT for decades, given it had only recently been launched. You fool around with some idiot infantile stupidity. Uh, the price of tyres is up 800%. Let a thousand blossoms bloom as far as I'm concerned. There you go. So just the, the random mumblings, um, having yes, a indeed. dig at Bob Catter's <laughs> random mumblings from uh, a chat GPT. It's a scattering uh, approach. There's something scattered, for everyone there. <laughs> scattered information all in one place. So um, I thought that was quite a funny one as well. Indeed. Also very interesting, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but um, have you been uh, across the Raal Dahl classic conversations? Yes, I have been, a little bit, mm. yes. Mm. What are your thoughts on to change the or not to change? The cancel culture routine. Mm. Look, I'm thinking we can't rewrite history just to set ourselves because you find something's offensive or upsetting and whatever, barbaric, call it what you like, but I don't, I don't think. But we can't, we don't have to condone them, but we can actually say, and like I've seen this uh, for instance, when they're rerunning the um, Michael Parkinson interviews from back in the 80s, some of the opinions on this show might seem inappropriate, you know, blah, 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 whatever it might be, bearing in mind, you know, it was a product of the time. Yes. The same with the books. I think you could just write it in the beginning of the book. Absolutely. And if you're reading it to your kids, as I say, and we don't talk about people like that. We don't describe people as fat and, and wobbly and repulsive or whatever it might be. Uh, we might think that, but we don't say that to people. And that's not that's not kind. And But, you know, I think that... Um, I just think that people are just going a little bit too far, and as I say, this whitewashing and it's it's becoming rather ludicrous. Yes. Um, if, if the book was written today, that's a different story. But uh, literally, but it, they were written quite some time ago. That's right, yes. and we've got a lot of classics that do have some really interesting information in them. Mm. Going back to the Eden Blyton books, there's some yes, interesting and the, the Narnia text Chronicles. In that. Absolutely, yes, and all of that. you know, so if we start with one, aren't we sort of um, Where does it wiping end? out history a little exactly. bit? You know, so we wouldn't change our history books. Well, we shouldn't, but some of us have in the past, I think. Well, yes, there mm. is there is history of changing history, absolutely. Exactly. 
and right. uh, in, right, in many ways. So I, I thought this little article again from the shovel might be <laughs> oh, yes. um, of interest because my boys have all read the Rail Dials. They're easy to read, lots of fun. But you can use it as an education moment, you know, yes. a teaching moment where you go, okay, so this is really interesting. And usually your kids will point it out anyway. Exactly, they're, because they're your kids are smart ahead. enough. That's true. Yeah, they're already yeah. way ahead. But um, this is called Updated Rail Dial Classic is now called Charlie and the Fair Trade OH&S Compliant <laughs> Healthy Snack Factory. <laughs> The famous Raoul Dahl children's book will now be about an equal opportunity employer that pays above market rates for its cacao and its industry leader in WorkSafe practices, publisher Puffin has confirmed. The change comes as part of the review of Dahl's books by sensitivity readers to edit out any potentially offensive words. In the new edition, which Puffin says contains only minor tweaks, Willy Wonka holds a competition to win a golden ticket to tour his factory with enough golden tickets available for any child who wants one. (laughs) (laughs) Nice measure of treatment. (laughs) It says as part of the tour, children sit through a two-hour seminar on how to correctly lift heavy boxes, attend a union (laughs) meeting, learn about healthy, sugar-free alternatives to chocolate snacks, and every child gets a free piece of fruit before they leave. Willy Wonka sings in an edited version of the Candyman song. Puffin confirmed that there are a small number of other changes that readers will hardly notice. The tour of the nut room in the original has been deemed offensive to those with (laughs) nut-based allergies and has been replaced with a presentation on techniques the factory is using to reduce its carbon footprint. The chapter where Augustus Gloop is sucked into a massive glass pipe has been changed to a diversity and inclusion morning tea. Given its potential to promote unhealthy habits, the word chocolate has been removed throughout. (laughs) Boom, boom. So yes, um, I thought point that was taken. a funny one. Point taken. Yes. yes Very clever, excuse me. <laughs> and I think that um, you make a point too, Nicole, about if you're going to rewrite history, well, we basically don't know where we've come from and what we've learned. I mean, this is the whole thing, isn't it? And, you know, I remember as a child um, being appalled by, and, and that some people still find them appalling, the, the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. And they are grim by name, it's spelled a different way, and grim by nature. But... Um, if we're going to be protecting our kids so much, we do have to let them know, look, sometimes there are some unpleasant things that happen in the world. Um, and if you're aware of them and uh, you know you can protect yourself against or protect other people, um, but if you're telling everybody that everything is always sweetness and light, I think you're actually you're playing a bit of a trick on kids and you're not doing them any favours. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I think it's good to have those, as I said, learning moments where you can distinguish the differences between the old way of thinking and the new ways of thinking. And, yes. And to not Certainly. have life be you know, easy because it builds resilience to have some challenges as well and uh, to understand what they are, but also educate. I think it's all about an education. It and, is. And, it you is. know, we're not we're not rewriting history and there there is some awful things in our history. Exactly. Um, and which we have to we, face. Which we would like mm. to um, sometimes think that we would rewrite, but that's mm. what an awful thing to do. Oh, and, that's lying. It's, it's denies. Exactly. Denies, denies the truth. It's the lying. Truth. It's effectively yes. lying. And yes. you might think you're protecting people, but in fact you're not doing them a favour. Um, and they don't learn, kids won't learn how to, to judge what, what's the right thing and the wrong thing if they've never actually been properly told and everyone is going to do the the correct thing and it's a wonderful world all the time every day and you can trust everybody and everything i mean not that we want to terrify kids either but there is a there's a balancing act isn't there i think so i think so so um i just thought that was an interesting it is very topical food for thought (laughs) that's right that's right not to name another show that we know (laughs) that's one of our favorite shows on the station too uh very good you are uh, it's 10 past five o'clock a year on 94.1 fm 3wb it's Nicole and Barbara with 
Big Life Conversation. We're coming up close to having our next guest, Dr Jess Belangzatagi, just after these messages. Ghost by Justin Bieber. Uh, and before that, we have been having a bit of a chat about um, books. But <laughs> now we can switch it up a little bit and talk more about movies. Um, in the house, we have Dr. Jess Belangzatagi. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Great to see you, Jess, in person. Yes, very yes. exciting yes. to Happy be New seeing Year. you in person. Would you like to wish you that? In <laughs> fact, I just, I just physically waved to both <laughs> Nicole and Barbara. But yes, that, it's very exciting to be back here in person. Oh, we love having you in the studio and we love having guests in the studio. And this is sort of the first time we've seen you this year. So um, lots of new things happening for the year. Um, and um, I know you sort of spoke to me a little bit off air about the genre that we will talk about uh, <laughs> mentioning. Um, uh, Jacinta, if you're listening in, uh, you're off the hook. <laughs> um, but um, I'm quite excited about what you've got to tell us about today. Um, but um, I know I mentioned the Oscars. You were saying that you're not quite across all of the Oscar yes, movies I, at the moment. But, I am. Um, I oh. am a bit behind. I have got some time to catch up. I think the Oscars aren't until they're not until March. Yes, which is a couple of days away. And terms of March starts, but yes. Oh god, that is that is true. March is a couple of days away, which is terrifying. Mid March, I think you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like it's the 28th tomorrow, and I'm like, oh, it's not a full month, is it? It's it's (laughs) February. So February over in the blink of an eye. (laughs) That is Wednesday. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I have caught up with some of the Oscars hopefuls, and some of them I probably have talked about with you before. Uh, One of my favourites was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Yes. Which oh, I, love I that. think we talked about a yes. wonderful. I went film. away and watched it. We loved it. The family loved it. Yes, it's yeah. it's definitely I think my favorite film from last year. Yeah. It, it's a feel good film, but it kind of hits you on a deeper level, <laughs> and it's leading in terms of Oscar nominations as it I think deserves ah. to be. So. Um, the ones that I haven't caught up with yet are The Whale, which I've been eager Ooh, to yes. watch for some time. Slightly controversial mm. film starring Brendan Fraser mm. in his yes. much-anticipated kind of comeback. But I'm very excited to see uh, his performance in that film. Just haven't caught it yet. And another one I'm really um, interested in is After Sun, which is the di- directorial debut of Charlotte Wells. Mm. Um, and it's just been released on a kind of limited release. So maybe I'll get a chance to talk about that one next time. Oh, uh, I haven't heard of that. So, yeah. But I, the Whale, yes, you've mentioned that last time it was on the list to mm. watch and I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. Yes, yep. And um, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran is oh, one that yes. I have seen. And did you like it? I thought it was beautiful. It's a, it's a very strange kind of feel-bad Comedy, <laughs> very Irish in that way. Yes, that's so. That's very true. Very, very Irish sensibility. Starring um, uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, which mm. and they're a great combo. And a donkey as well, who oh, okay. plays a particularly important role. Yes. Um, and another one I'm really intrigued with, which I haven't caught up with yet, is a film called To Leslie. And this one is interesting because the lead actress uh, is nominated for the Best Actress 
Award, um, Andrea Riseborough, and Mm -hmm. she's been around for some time. She's a brilliant actress, but her nomination caused controversy because this is a very uh, um, kind of low-budget little scene indie film and there was complaints, I guess, that it was her networks, her Hollywood networks that kind of got Uh, this film um, seen enough Mm -hmm. uh, by the Academy to get this nomination. But I'm actually, despite all that, very happy for Andrea Riseborough because she's been a brilliant kind of character actress who's been around for a while and hasn't got much recognition. But I'm I'm very intrigued to see that film. At least her nomination gives us a chance to see that in cinemas because it wouldn't have got such a release otherwise. Yes, that's true. Yes. Oh, so... There's already a list for me to start, um, which I'm loving, loving, loving. So you had a couple of horror movies to talk <laughs> with us yes. about. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. To, no, and, you know, well, why not? Um, be a bit of a horror fanatic here on this side of the table. Um, and I know I mentioned to you that um, I haven't really seen many horror movies recently, but we did, um, as a family, as it turns out, minus Possibly the 11-year-old should not have watched uh, The Black Phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of us loving that. And they're just more – I'm more into the suspense, thrillery-natured horror not, movies. Not the schlock. Mm. Versus the, yes, the blood and guts kind of version. Um, and, you know, I think smart horror is more in that line mm. anyway. And smart smart horror or art horror or whatever yeah. phrase you want to use is definitely having a moment. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, so that's the only thing that I've seen, but I have been wanting to see the one that you're about to have a little <laughs> chat about as yes. well. well. Well, Black Phone is one that I was really excited to see. I, I saw it last year. It's uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed uh, Sinister, which is another one of my favourite horror movies from the last few years starring Ethan Hawke. I was actually a little bit disappointed with Black Ah. Phone, but I think it's because I had built it up too much. Yeah. In my oh, mind, okay. I, yes. I was, I was, yes. There was a lot of promos it. around it, and the and the good bits were in the pro. You know, yes, that, that's the true. <laughs> it's also like it was a really interesting film. It's it's interesting that you mention your kids, Nicole, because it was strangely pitched, even though it is quite scary. Like strangely pitched for younger viewers in a way as well, reminiscent of kind of Stephen King films. Oh, yes. Because if you've seen the film, it it does center on these child characters. One of whom gets kidnapped by. Very creepy Ethan Hawke. Oh, how how creepy baby was Ethan Hawke? I mean, <laughs> yes. He, he was unrecognisable, really. Oh, and, yes. I mean, he had a mask on, but yes. He, he was, was definitely a highlight for sure, yes, yes. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's a uh, new sort of way that I have not seen him act before. Um, but, uh, yeah, very, very intrigued by that and, and great. But, yes, I noticed that too. So my kids were keen to see it and I said, hang on a minute, I think we'll watch it together. And definitely okay for the 15-year-old, not good for the 11-year-old. Mm. So we just sort of, you know, removed <laughs> from, the, from the picture there as well um, uh, because there was sort of some looking through eyes and things like that. And I said, no, that's a little bit too much suspense. And because they were kids, I mm. think that sensitivity yes, yes. Um, is definitely there and um, almost therefore less appropriate for them, um, mm. even though the pitch was there as well. So, yes, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, having not seen 
many um, movies, actually. I have to get back to the cinema. I haven't mm. actually been to the cinema this year. Not for one. <laughs> oh, yes. Have you seen oh. The Fablemans, The Spielberg? No, movie? I haven't yet caught that one either, but that. I'm very keen to watch it. I've got a long list. Are you a Spielberg fan? <laughs> Yes, defend. definitely, you are. definitely. You yes, yeah. I, I appreciate Spielberg for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I like some of his stuff. Some of his stuff I tend to find a bit sort of schmaltzy and corny. <laughs> but this it, this is worth seeing the favourites, particularly if you're a bit of a, a film bar fan. If you're if you're a Spielberg fan, it's really well done. It's Michelle Williams mm. playing. Um, of course, you know it's autobiographical, supposedly. Paul Dano playing um, his father, and uh, Michelle Williams playing his mother. So yeah, and I, I, when he. Um, was talking about it, um, he actually sort of said that he'd waited all his life until his parents had finally departed the earth before he released it. I thought, oh, don't tell me he's just a, one of these um, uh, you know, nice Jewish guys who doesn't want to upset mum and dad. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I thought, you know, don't, don't, you, know, you don't want to sound to your folks, but in fact there was a there's a family secret that comes to light, so without being a spoiler alert. So, mm. I think, yeah, anyway, but I think you'll well, enjoy it. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm so glad that I get some more time given that, um, it's nominated for Oscars. I get yes. more time to see it because it means it'll be in cinemas for a while longer. Yes. Uh, and, and Spielberg's obsessions, his whole career basically of being childhood and kind of nostalgia for childhood yes. and the magic of the movies. Yes. So to see yes. that kind of combined. Mm. And how exactly. that plays out yes. in, his, in his childhood as mm. well. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so back to the genre of horror. <laughs> um, tell us more. Tell us about these movies that you've got um pegged out for us today. Yes. Well, and I will also mention, I have got an excuse. I know I often talk about horror. It's kind of my thing, as people, regular listeners will have it noticed. And as unfortunately, Jacinta has noticed as well. <laughs> but um, um, I do have an excuse uh, this time because I just wanted to, I guess, spruik briefly that I'm organising, along with some wonderful colleagues across Swinburne and RMIT and the University of Pittsburgh as well, um, an event at ACME called Mapping Global Horror in March. That's why I've been very preoccupied with horror rather Mm. than the Oscar hopefuls the last couple of weeks. Is this all new horror or is this a mixture of classics and new? Well, the the screening series in association with the conference is um, a a mix. So there's a lot of um, zombie films part of the conference will be looking into the influence of George Romero on the jo- oh, yes. of, on the ho- on horror as a global mm. genre. Uh, so there are film screenings, and the conference itself is also open to the public uh, oh, on the seventeenth and eighteenth of March. So it will combine kind of a whole range of world leading international horror scholars as well as filmmakers and film curators. Mm, and, and yes, so, so it's it'll be a very fun event. And some of the films I'm very excited about include uh, Relic. I believe I would have talked about this one before. Mm, yes. uh, came out in 2020, directed by Australian director Natalie Erica James. Yes. Uh, it, it's going to be having its kind of big screen debut because it um, was released via streaming here in Australia. Oh. So Acme will be showing that on Friday, the 17th of March, uh, featuring mm. a Q&A with um, Natalie Erica James, the director. Mm. One of my favourite kind of Australian movies of the last few years. So that that that's one of the little things I'd highlight there. But, yeah, so that's my excuse for talking about uh, a couple of horror movies yet again this week. <laughs> that's great because we, we actually had a conversation recently with um, – Dr. Sean Mitchell. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. From Deacon. Deacon. Yes, Women yes. in film. Yes, And yep. um, what's happening at Acme there mm-hmm. as well. So yep. um, I didn't know if this was aligned, but it's quite nicely a female director. So yes, we love yep. that, of course, on yep. our show. So mm-hmm. um, really exciting. Yes, and that, that event 
um, looks amazing too, the Mel- uh, Melbourne Women in Film Festival right, too. Melbourne Women in yes, Film Yes, lots of exciting right. stuff going on around it Melbourne. It yeah. They've been going for seven years. Is this the inaugural horror one for you? For... Yes, yes. Oh, this is, a, this is the, first, the first time we've run this kind of Fantastic. conference and screening series. So, Hopefully there'll be more in the future. Yes, and so can, the general public is welcome to some of the sessions. So do people go to, online to the ACME website? Yes, today, yes, they okay. can find it online. If, they, if you look up Mapping right. Global Horror for the conference Mapping or... Uh, Focus on the Dead is the name of the screening program. But if you look up either of those things, you should find the information for both. Focus on the Dead. It could sound like a story about Parliament. (laughs) That that is true. We've been been watching a little series called The Last of Us. Oh, um, yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Cordyceps. And yes. the uh, you know I'm like oh that's a, a, actually a mushroom that's really healthful and good <laughs> nutritional value and they're like not this one mum <laughs> oh um, but quite scary. enjoying that oh I love that show yes, yes maybe we can talk about that that's next another time, time. Yes. that's a series yes, yes. so um, not in not in the cinemas but um, something that's keeping me occupied and and what's replacing that at the moment is 1899 so I'll talk about mm-hmm. that another time anyway let's get on to this. I want to hear more. Yes. Well, I just wanted to talk about a couple of new releases. The first I'll get out of the way because I didn't love this, although I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Mm. Um, This is M. Night Shyamalan's latest film, Knock at the Cabin. Oh, yes. And I have been fascinated with M. Night Shyamalan's career since the very beginning. The Sixth Sense is one of my favourite films. Yes, I like the film. Yes. And Unbreakable. Absolutely. Unbreakable, another one which is is superb. Poor Bruce Willis, who apparently has got some Yes, yes. Yes. Don't watch his most recent one. Both Mm. those films, actually, uh, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, I think have two of Bruce Willis's best performances. So if if you're wanting to kind of celebrate and commemorate Bruce Willis's career, great films to go back to. I agree. Um, So this is actually his 15th film as a writer-director. He has been quite prolific, but his his career has been an absolute roller coaster, M. Night Shyamalan. Um, He was kind of celebrated as the second coming of Hitchcock at the beginning with Unbreakable and The Sixth Sense, but he's had a lot of dips in his career where critics and audiences kind of turned on his very specific kind of twisty, turny Mm. um, approach. So this film is another psychological thriller, which is his favourite kind of mode. So it's not really strictly horror. It's more that kind of psychological thriller that M. Night Shyamalan so often works in. Um, And it stars Dave Bautista, who's one of the highlights of the film. He's having a great run at the moment, um, Mm. who who most people will know from the Guardians of the Galaxy Mm. films. Mm. uh, Drax from Mm. the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Love him. so he basically leads uh, this group of strangers, four strangers, who suddenly show up at a remote cabin where a family are on holiday and they kind of announce that the apocalypse is coming and they have to sacrifice someone from the family in order to avert the apocalypse. Ooh. So that's basically <laughs> the premise of this film. Um, and it's been so interesting because some people are saying it's the best M. Night Shyamalan they feel film they've seen oh, since oh, like wow. Unbreakable or his heyday and, and other people like me are a bit less excited about it oh, okay. um, but I think it's interesting to consider in relation to M. Night Shyamalan's career as a whole because of the way it I guess deals with themes that he's been interested in his whole career around um, I guess faith and religion and uh, mm. apocalyptic outcomes when those kind of, those uh, beliefs go wrong and yes. also the twist narrative, which is his signature kind of move as an auteur. So 
We love the twist. <laughs> yes. Some of it's twist. just great. Give me something that's not run-of-the-mill. Give me a surprise. Give yes. me something new to think about. I- I'm a big fan of the Shyamalan twist as well, but I think the problem is that he has – like his whole career is built around those twists. So we mm. go into his films now expecting, expecting it, to be yes. surprised on a on a deep level as we were with The Sixth Sense or Unbreakable. Yes. And, you know, it, it's difficult to uphold that across yes. 15 films, I guess. And we That's go true. in thinking, you know, it, almost like a maybe an Agatha Christie, you know, <laughs> whodunit, but, um, you know, yes. sort of like what's going to happen and how is he going to twist it. So you, you're sort of guessing before you even watch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But um, an interesting one. It does have a quite a tense atmosphere early on and some of the performances are great. It also has Rupert Grint as one of these oh, four really? mysterious strangers who everyone knows as Ron Weasley. Mm. He's oh, Harry Potter. We've just been yes. chatting to the, one of the guys in the show. The yes. Harry Potter kids show. Oh, yes. really? I yes. saw that a couple of weeks ago, actually. <laughs> yes. So I've been watching Malfoy. all the Harry Potter films all over <laughs> we again. We spoke to the Malfoy ah, swing. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> what a great show that is. Well, yes. it's finally finishing in July. So yes. you're anyone to get along to it. They haven't seen it already. You'll see yes. it <laughs> Well, I think Rupert Grint is was one of the standout performers in the Harry Potter franchise, yeah, he's and he's always so yeah. interesting on screen. So I will, you know, jump on any excuse to watch him. Mm. Um, and yes, he's he's one of the most magnetic kind of elements of this film as oh, okay. well. So the other film I wanted to talk about is a. This one is definitely straight horror, but also mm. kind of a psychological, uh, very deeply psychological horror called Skinnamarink. Um, and mm. this one's on very limited release around Melbourne cinemas. I was lucky to see it in a cinema mm. um, a couple of weeks ago. But it's also now available on the horror-specific streaming service Shudder, which, of course, I you have and to. use often. <laughs> um, but if you don't have Shudder, you can also access uh, the kind of catalogue via Amazon Prime, which oh, I'm sure okay. more people have if yes. you want to just have an explore. Yes. So this film is fascinating because it's kind of – got become a global sensation even though it was made on a tiny budget of only fifteen thousand dollars by kyle edward ball this was his feature directorial debut and he only shot it in seven days so it's a very kind of lo-fi experimental horror film and it's become kind of globally resonant because shots from it went viral on tiktok and other social media right so that's i guess helped kyle edward ball along (laughs) um But I found this so deeply unsettling. Oh, Uh, as you you know, as you know, I've seen many, many horror films. It's my bread and butter. (laughs) But I was, uh, I was so unnerved by this film. It's difficult to describe the plot because, as I say, it's kind of an experimental film that's not particularly plot or action driven. But it's basically about a little boy and his sister who wake up in their house in the middle of the night, cartoons on television, that's kind of the only light source we Uh, have, Um, and things just aren't right in the house. So doors seem to be disappearing and windows are moving about and um, the parents aren't acting quite right. Uh-oh. So it's it's kind of like a childhood nightmare on screen, essentially. Oh, wow. Um, and that's actually how Kyle Edward Ball's career started. He ran a YouTube channel where he'd create videos uh, that depicted people's nightmares that they would write oh, about God. in the comments of his videos. So, oh, and and the, this this film Skinnamarink was actually shot in his childhood home as oh, well. Oh, really? So, um, he's it, American, is he? He's Canadian, 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 yes. So uh, it's definitely one of the most (laughs) 
powerful expressions of what it's like to have a childhood kind of fever dream. So <laughs> probably not for the anxious amongst us. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, it's not for little people. No, no. Yeah. Although, yeah, it, it's it, it's not like there's much. It's nothing like, for instance, the black phone, where there is a lot of explicit. Mm. grisly mm. violence mm. on screen mm-hmm. um a lot of the film like the whole film basically is uh draped in this audio visual grain so you're constantly having to lean into the images to understand oh, really? what we're seeing or so and it kind of plays tricks on you in that way as well so there are long stretches where nothing much is happening um but it's this kind of combination of boredom and dread which is very unusual (laughs) sounds like a five night at freddy's game that my my kids watch which is about these bears that sort of just in this very thatched kind of um not quite tuned in television viewing and they just sort of walk around and then every now and then there's a jump scare yes (laughs) yes yes and it's very disconcerting but they love it and it's like oh my goodness i i love that game as well which is finally actually also being made into a movie it's been in the works for a while but yes it's it's finally on its way yes oh wow yeah well that will be you know one of my son's um, you know, you can have the game and be sitting in the light and in the lounge room and, you know, everything around you is nice and jovial and, and play the game. Oh, okay. And the other one got a VR headset, an Oculus oh, headset, really? mm. and watches it through that. Oh, and that it's would like, be too full on. It is, it is a real face, sensory. Yes. Mum, watch this. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, a di- a different sensory experience. <laughs> yes. not, for, not for the faint heart, as mm. I said, exactly. Mm. But is... But, but these this particular horror thing. So, is it? Are there any moments of light relief or comedy in them at all, apart from the animation? Well, the, the, the only the so cartoons. I saw it with a a, a a full house of horror fans, and oh. the only kind of relief was when because there's these long moments where you can hear a pin drop because everyone is so quiet, kind of leaning into the screen. Because it it's also difficult to actually hear what's going on a lot of the time because oh, it's okay. very the audio is also quite grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only relief really was when suddenly those pin drop moments were broken by people gasping or recoiling <laughs> in the cinema oh, and then wow. the audience kind of laughing at themselves. Um, so, yes, but it's interesting. It's a very interesting film because I could also see uh, some younger audience members there that were getting really antsy and impatient because it, it, they probably hadn't experienced a feature film on screen like that before where there's yes. such long stretches of... Uh, silence and, and nothing much within the frame. So, yeah, it, it's very intense experience in multiple different ways, but definitely the sustained dread is unlike anything I think I've ever experienced. And the name, the, the title is, is intriguing. Can you tell us about the title? Is it <laughs> Yes, no, um, I, that's, that's based on a children's nursery rhyme. Yes, which the Wiggles do a version of it. I, it oh, actually okay. was, um, it makes sense. It probably was associated with the director's childhood. It was a made famous by a Canadian children's entertainment duo. Oh, okay. uh, but it, there's heaps of different versions of it on YouTube. And mm. the, as as the, the sort of meaning here, I get it. Mm. Uh, well, I guess it's not really not like not everything in the film, not particularly explicitly, but the, the whole film, I guess, is around 
childhood memories mm. kind of gone wrong. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a there's a creepy Fisher Price telephone. A lot of people might <laughs> remember this toy or have had this. Yeah, I remember that toy. Yes, 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 the kind of telephone oh, yeah. on a leash. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes. So that makes a particular appearance and that moment is what went viral on TikTok. Um, oh. It's one of the scariest moments in the film. <laughs> so, yes, a very hard film to describe, but there's lots of kids' cartoons, Lego blocks all over the floor. Oh, references to the popular sort of stuff. Yes, like the, yeah. the, the Fisher-Price toy phone, but they're all... <laughs> the innocence is is very kind of um i guess destroyed perverted mm. in all these mm. yeah so very unnerving film okay <laughs> i'm gonna go through the first one first the other one on the latter that that might take a a certain kind of um if you just want a little taster, you can also go to uh, Kyle Edward Ball's YouTube channel okay. um, and because the proof of concept for the feature film was released there. It's called Heck uh, and it's also very scary. Oh, but if, if you don't want to sit yeah. through a, mm. like a feature-length film, it will at least <laughs> give you a taster of what Skinner Marinka's like. Okay. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Wow. So two really good ones to have a look at if you love that genre. Um, I know my lovely colleagues at Baggage Productions, there's oh, a, yes. a group of followers there, Bridget Burton being one of them that loves a horror movie. So she's mm-hmm. always giving me a few tips. She's like, if you like this sort, do this. <laughs> if you like this. <laughs> and so very much, very <laughs> much chart. lots of zombies there going on for a while. It's like, oh, no, I don't like zombie movies. And then I get into one, it's like, oh, this is really great. And now they're becoming <laughs> dead, but undead. <laughs> and, and so that everyone sort of, you know, it all all passages lead to zombie <laughs> in a lot of the movies that I've been watching at the moment, which is quite interesting. But um, very oh. good. I'll, I'll, anything on the lighter note? I know for myself just on streaming services at the mm. moment, I'm really enjoying Shrinking. Oh yeah, um, Harrison Ford and your friend yes. Jason Segel. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, he's he's great actually, Jason. So from sort of the Ted Lasso mm-hmm. fame, it's sort of some of the writers are the same, I believe, and I don't know much more than that. But it's uh, it's as novel but also lighthearted. And Harrison Ford's awesome in it. Mm. And he's in his um, now. He's pretty. In it. And still an attractive older man, as I said. <laughs> but he's still like a bit of a dry, crusty, you know, he says those little one-liners that are very dry but mm. very appropriate and But it's not the um, one you would have funny. envisaged for him, would you, and you think of all those no. action things? Like, well, he's an older man, obviously. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I've just seen trailers for that. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, and my partner, who is a bit of a horror sort of fan to his way, have you heard of this thing called the swamp thing? Have you heard about this strange thing? So a new, a new. Th- it's uh, it's not. I don't. Know, oh, well, not, it's not, not that, that old. New, it's not that old. It's sort of not that long ago anyway. But he's sort of become obsessed with it. As one anyway, it's one of those things about you know horrible things going on in the swamp and toxic. I love swamp horror movies. Oh, well, you would like it anyway. You know, toxic things being dumped in the swamp and, and terrible things happening to people who fall into the swamp. Anyway, it's not for everyone. It looks quite clever. The technical effects are clever, but um, I must admit it's more his thing than mine. But uh, oh, anyway. is it is it a recent thing? Um, it's not that. I think it's maybe a couple of years old or so. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, it's just yeah, it's just a streaming thing. But he's apparently it was an original old swamp thing. Yes, there is years a, ago, a which classic. Rather, yes, monster um, movie. Yes. Yes, and which looked a bit outdated in terms of technical effects. And I think the technical effects in this are quite clever. And they've, you know, mm. they've, but, uh, yeah, as I say, not for everyone, but uh, yeah, that's your thing. The Swamp Thing is your thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as I said, it. we've been enjoying as a family The Last of Us, which is a little bit gruesome. 
yes, sort of wondering not what a I'm lighter exposing. Choice, but <laughs> not, a, <laughs> but not a lighter it choice is brilliant. for the family, um, but quite enjoying that and just the, the premise of that. I said it's still kind of zombie but not kind of zombie. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very thoughtful use of the, the, all the zombie tropes. That's, yes. right. That's yeah. right. And Pedro Pascal is amazing. I will watch him in anything and he's just – great. His, and as is Melanie, Melanie Linsky who's also in this. Yes. Um, Kiwi actress who is really having a moment she right is. now she as she deserves and I she's agree. great in Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. So we're quite enjoying that one as a – a streaming service. So you, you can't really sometimes get to the movies because it's no. too much on your streaming yeah, services, exactly right. which and is the, really well, tricky. Well, there's one also that uh, it's just a film, um, not a series, but uh, True Spirit about young Jessica Watson. Oh, yes, yes. That's who, just come out. Yeah, it? Yes. that's very well done. And that's quite an uplifting sort of story. We did watch that. Yes, did you like that it? That was good. Did everyone yeah. like we, it? We, yes. It was very family orientated. Yeah, so it was. It was yes, not that. too much schlock. Well, no. yeah, there's some disturbing scenes, but um, yeah, nothing like the other stuff. That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's wonderful, Jess. Um, um, always great to speak with you and always great to get those little detailed intricacies about some of those movies as well to, <laughs> to actually whet the appetite for going in and, and seeing some. So um, that's certainly – I've got the list written um, and the whale's also on the list there as well. So um, it might be Oscar time next time we come and speak with yes, you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm hoping I would will have seen all of those films I haven't caught up with yet by next time. <laughs> yeah. So that would be great. Elvis actually is another one that obviously is. Oh, yes. Uh, there's actually a I lot of um, speculation now yes. that Austin Butler could be the front runner for mm. the Best Actor Award. And mm. he is absolutely brilliant. He is. He is. In, in Elvis true. for sure. Yeah. Are you a Bez Lemon fan? I sometimes am, yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> loved Moulin Rouge. I think I was Did just you? the okay. right age to be okay. obsessed with Moulin Rouge, yeah. but. Again, he's had a very a lot of ups and downs. I yes, think Baz Luhrmann. Yes, a lot Lerman. of strictly ballroom. Yes, um, yeah, but I must and I didn't mind um, the Great Gatsby either. But yes, I've, I find yeah, Baz very much. It's all sort of it's razzle dazzle, isn't it? With Baz, mm, yes. yeah, and he does that really well. But sometimes yeah, I'm thinking not well. Yeah, obviously. Australia. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, it's yes. very derivative. A lot of stuff, and anyway, yeah, anyway. it's a strange beast, Australia. Although I lived in because yes, I'm from I'm mm. from North Queensland originally, and I lived in North Queensland when that was being filmed, largely in Bowen, a tiny oh, yes. town in North Queensland oh, yeah. so the Australia mania up there during that time was very it's exciting fine. to be part of That's it's not true. often that a major Hollywood movie is shot in a little North Queensland town That's like true. Bowen oh, <laughs> wow. well that would have yeah. been fascinating of course yeah, right. yeah. no thank you so much again for coming on and um, great to sort of set the the bar there and uh, as I said we can have a little chat around Oscars next time but um, really appreciate your time Thanks and uh, wetting the appetite <laughs> on the so entertainment much, front and all the best if you're not talking to you before and with uh, the uh, the conference and the festival oh yes, yes thank you yes yeah. yes very exciting check out the Acme website looks up for all those details all yes, the tickets exactly. Thanks so much Thanks bye for Jess. now of my heart by Sting. So uh, just admiring them and their shows over the weekend. Um, before that, we had Adore You by Harry Styles. And before that, the wonderful Dr. Jess Belangzatagi, lecturer in media at RMIT and telling us about the great program that's on at Acme at the moment um, that you can get along to and also some great horror movies to check out <laughs> if you love that if you genre. Dare. <laughs> uh, if you dare. So hopefully next time we have Jess in, we can talk about the Oscars, which will be a bit of fun as well. 
But uh, at the moment, it's 10 to 6. Time goes when you're having fun. You're on Big Life Conversation 94.1 FM on 3WBC with Nicole and Barbara. And we've been thinking about what gets up our nose, (laughs) our little segment that we're bringing back. Um, (laughs) And I might start the ball rolling. This one happened to me recently Mm -hmm. where you have someone mention to you something about your appearance um, that may not be aware of, you know, how mm, appropriate, inappropriate, condescending or inappropriate. Mm. Or, is, it, is it a male person? Is that, uh, is that relevant? A male person mm. commenting on that, that I appeared more attractive than they thought Whatever that's in a conversation. Mm. And um, so there's still people out there that, you know, don't realise yes. that they're being sometimes offensive. Yes. Um, and uh, commenting on appearance can make someone feel like them, their actual attributes as a person are not of any relevance or quality, but how they appear is very important, which is not mm. necessarily the case. No, um, and it's something that women have been putting up with for a long, long time, and sadly. yes, mm. I think we're a little bit sick of that. And I think mm. this is sometimes done in um, not to in any way to do harm. No, but, not intentional. But, but just, just should check their awareness of, mm. you know, if that goes down well exactly. um, or not. Yes. And if it doesn't go down well, then you might need to retract. That's right. Um, but Possibly yes, apologise or... Certainly, don't repeat it. Don't repeat it. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, mm, so indeed. that gets up my nose um, when you get caught off guard in those situations. It's a little bit like the wolf whistle situation, mm. perhaps not as maybe a little bit more offensive than that. Actually, yes. um, anyway. Mm. But what what makes my day is when um, people acknowledge. Uh, and are grateful for the work that you do or yes. something that you've actually produced um, and there's acknowledgement of that work. So that actually makes my day. Exactly. Um, How yes, about you, Barb? Well, we are just talking off here about um, the duck hunting season. Look, I know that we, we do declare ourselves as, as pescatarians. We do eat fish and seafood. We do. Um, and uh, essentially we're adults vegetarian. But um, even as for many years... Um, uh, I've been upset about the whole duck, the duck hunting season. I don't quite understand it. Um, once upon a time, maybe there might have been some justification for it in, in certain communities because food was scarce. It's not food. the case in this yes. country. No, that, that, that you know, as far as I'm aware, um, that the people need to go and, and kill ducks to eat. Um, and the trouble with this is that, uh, well, apparently the state government has, has announced that there is a, a limit of a bag of four ducks um, per. Per time, I'm not sure exactly how they work it out, but I think the state government is in a is in a difficult situation. Or they put, put themselves in a difficult situation. They're not pleasing the environmentalists and they're not pleasing the duck hunters because the duck the environmentalists don't want anything at all, and the duck shooters think this is not enough. Uh, you're limiting uh, anyway. So they, anyway, they've by trying to please everyone, they end up pleasing no one. This is from what I can gather. This is what's from my brief understanding of of um, the situation, but. What a duck hunter that I did hear who rang up um, at the ABC radio the other day and said, look, I had been a duck hunter in the past, so, but I think times have changed now. Um, maybe there's more environmental awareness and we don't, we're don't we not in a country where we need to hunt ducks uh, because we're all starving or food is so scarce. 
Um, also, uh, certain uh, breeds of ducks which are supposed to be protected, you can't tell what they are because you're at such a distance from them. They're flying high in the sky. So you might inadvertently be killing a bird that you don't mean to kill. And he didn't mention this, but I've thought of this. What about the birds that don't die straight away, that they're injured or maimed? Um, and they have, to have a long, horrible death, or they're, they're um, you know, subject to predation by other wild animals that um, because they can't get away. I just think, I, I don't understand it, and uh, that really gets up my nose, quite frankly. I just I don't get it. It gets up my nose too, Barbara, so... Um, I think it's cruel. I, I think it's, really cruel it's a bit cruel and, and not necessarily in this day and age. Exactly, and if you want to practice your shooting skills, sort of, you might wonder why you might want to do that, go to a, a target range where they have clay pigeons or whatever they have these days. You don't have to actually take lives of animals and, and, and actually inadvertently... You know, shoot people. You hear of that happening. People out hunting too. Absolutely. Um, yes, there was a, that joke that my late mother used to laugh about. Um, father of seven um, accidentally shot. Um, you know, uh, in duck hunting season, or you know, or in rabbit hunting season, or mistaken for rabbit, or some some rude joke. Along <laughs> 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 those lines. Anyway, but uh, yes, um, I just think that it's. I just think it's anachronistic in this day and age in, in this country. We don't need it. We don't need it. But what makes my day is people mm. who actually do the opposite and who actually care for animals and go out of the way to look after injured uh, animals, wild and domestic. Um, people who take in rescue dogs. People like yourself who who uh, look after greyhounds and, and whippets and, and dogs that um, perhaps, you know, needed needed rehousing and rehoming. And a girlfriend of mine, she had a lovely little dog, Frankie, who finally went to his reward, but he was taken from the RSPCA years ago and he finally had to uh, be put down. But he had a great life with them. He was about 12 or 13 years old. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Our previous girl was 17 years oh, wow. from the RSPCA. Fantastic. And my sister's got an adopted greyhound. Oh, good uh, for And her. she's a lovely, lovely dog. Very loving. And I think the animals know. They're very grateful yes. uh, for their homes. I they think they know when they're... All the time. When they're mm. loved and, and looked after, which is a very, very nice thing I as think so. well. Um, so that's very, very good. So um, we are coming up close to the end of our show today. I did want to play a couple of little promos if I can get yes, them working. Yes, I've got a couple of we, little things to do before we get <laughs> We may try that, but we, we may be back very, very soon as well, <laughs> depending on how this actually goes. But let's give it a shot. And we're back. <laughs> so that little promo is not going to Never work. Never mind. Might, we, might, we might actually try this one. Let's have a go. And just on that, I have a workshop, a free workshop at 8pm tomorrow night um, on postpartum nutrition, health and well-being. So if you want to know more about that, you can get on to www.lafig.com.au and find out more about that and book in to hear a bit more about that. You've also got a few little announcements. There's a couple of little things too, Nicole. Um, just to remind people for those who are that way inclined, the Avalon Air Show is back. I think it's every two years. Maybe it's even been longer because of yeah. COVID. Yes. Um, back on d- down there uh, from uh, Friday, this Friday to uh, Sunday. 
Um, and so uh, Friday, March the 3rd to Sunday, March the 5th. So that's uh, apparently quite spectacular. Uh, and also um, the Glenfrey Festival, a bit closer to home. Um, Glenfrey Hawthorne Shopping Centre. Uh, Glenfrey Road between Bourbon and Barkers Roads is having um, the big festival. It's been it's apparently now one of Melbourne's largest community festivals and it features more than 200 stores selling food, market products and community stores. And everyone is welcome. And it's running from 11am to 5pm this Sunday, the 5th of March. Have fun. There is a lot going on at the moment, so much to go out and see and do. Um, so, you know, that's a really fascinating one to go to. And I know my kids really, really love the, <laughs> uh, the idea of going to an air show. Oh, yes. um, not my cup of tea, but uh, I think we'll do that. And as we said, we've got a couple of guests, mystery guests next week. I think we might have our family law friend mm-hmm. back, which looking forward to speaking with Cuppy Nambia in that case. Um, and we may have a travel guru um, online as well. Um, but great show today. Thanks so much for listening in. Coming up next, I think we have Your Planet Needs You. Um, and enjoy the show. Take care, everyone. Speak to you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening.